Are you a fire instructor or training officer eager to elevate your career? Inside the Modern Fire Instructor Pro Membership, you can leap beyond department limitations. Inside MFI Pro, you'll immerse yourself with monthly expert-led training, live bi-weekly Zoom Q&As, and an exclusive community of like-minded peers. You'll also have 24-7 access to our extensive and purpose-built resource library to help you stay ahead of your peers. Ready to ignite your full potential? To learn more, click the link in the show notes or head to trymfi.com. That's trymfi.com to begin your journey right now with a seven-day free trial. And when you sign up, make sure to use coupon code PODCAST to receive 40% off your monthly membership forever when you decide to stay. Secure your future, invest in yourself, and invest in MFI Pro at trymfi.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Modern Fire Instructor Podcast, where we tap into the wisdom of experienced professionals on topics like fire training, leadership, and learning. I'm your host, Rob Candle. Join me as we uncover actionable insights that you can use to grow your skills as an instructor, make you more effective, and help you leave a lasting impact on those you serve. Today, my guest is Aaron Zamzow. Aaron is a firefighter for the Madison Fire Department and does double duty in their training division. He is also an experienced fitness professional helping firefighters get and stay fit through his business, Fire Rescue Fitness. He has authored numerous articles as well as his book, The Ladder Two Workout. You can hear him on the Fire Rescue One podcast, Better Every Shift. Inside today's episode, what it means to be fit for fire, pursuing functional fitness, what every single diet has in common, recognizing sleep as a superpower, and maintaining motivation in every phase of your career. Let's get curious and dive in. All right, I'd like to start by asking you um, about uh, something I read on your website and your own experience. And you said something to the effect that when you joined the fire service, uh, despite the fact that you've been working as a fitness professional and undoubtedly were considered yourself to be fit, you found that you needed to adapt to the needs of the fire service, the um, what the job required of you. And I'd be interested to hear um, some more detail about that, about what exactly is unique about the fire service that led you to have to rethink the way that you were approaching fitness. Uh, great question. So there's a, there's a, a, st- a pretty big st- uh, story behind it. Um, I, I like to, whenever I present or talk, like I like to tell people that I'm not a very good firefighter, uh, physically. Um, I'm not very gifted, you know, the, in, in, and let me back up and say, you know, in, in sports and athletics, there are some very gifted athletes. They also, they work on their skill and they, they, they really, really, uh, hone in their skill, but they have a, sometimes a little bit of a genetic advantage. And, um, thanks, thanks to my parents. I don't have much of a genetic advantage when it comes to being an athlete or the physical prowess. Um, you know, as my dad says, I got my good looks from him and my, uh, personality from my mom, I guess. Um, so when I joined the fire service, I was a trainer and I thought I was in really good shape in my first Academy. I'm watching, these guys who were contractors, general laborers, and they're just, they're beating me up and down the, the ladders. They're, they're beating me in, in, um, you know, hose line advancement because they're, they're, they're app, you know, every single day they're carrying stuff up ladders. They're, 
they're dragging things, um, you know, and, and doing these motions while I was in the gym doing, you know, leg press and, and tricep pushdowns and such. And, um, you know, it just kind of dawned on me, you know, my background is working with athletes and I had worked with pro athletes at that point. Um, you know, myself, just all of a sudden I was more just for, Hey, let's go for good looks. Cause that that's on a personal training side. That's really what sells your business. So when I got into the firefighting and I got my first Academy, I was just getting my butt kicked. And, uh, I, I had to really look at things like from that athletic standpoint. And I was obviously the, the, the biggest case study because, um, here I am, you know, supposed to be this fitness guy and these guys, you know, the, the humbling part was, you know, really great people in my first academy um started in golden valley minnesota you know these guys would they'd be they'd be so good you know uh going up ladders and 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 they're able to carry their equipment and and then they'd go and have smokes you know on the brakes and i'd be like they're they're smoking you know this is 20 some years ago and i'm like these guys are smoking and i'm supposed to be the fitness guy and i'm getting my you know my butt kicked so uh, you know, then I just kind of promised myself that I would, would look at things different. And I started to do a little bit of research and, and just started to look at, you know, Hey, let's break down the playing field, right? Playing field for firefighters is, you know, we lift, we carry, we drag, we crawl. Uh, we do a lot of twisting through the transverse plane or, you know, through, through, uh, what, what we call the transverse plane. And then we do that in restricted air, uh, with an SCBA, and then you got to do it again. Um, and it's really high anaerobic and then it's a rest period. And, and so anyways, I just started to look at, you know, how can I improve my performance? And, and I kind of made a promise to myself, look, somebody may beat me out of talent on the first bottle, but that second bottle, they're going to look and I'm going to be right behind them, if not in front of them. And, I, and, uh, and so I, that, that basically created fire rescue fitness from that whole mindset that, we're going to look at how we can train efficiently for the job to uh, improve performance, reduce injuries, and prolong career. And and that's really what I've trained myself on. And then that's kind of the message that I've been sending, you know, for the last uh, gosh, it's going on 15 years with FRF. But uh, it all started because I, uh, thanks to my mom and dad, and not being very gifted uh, genetically. <laughs> um, and so here we are. I have I don't know. I've written probably eight different programs. In, in each program that I write, it's because that's where I am at the moment. So when I first started, uh, my very first program was the Ultimate Fire Athlete. It's because I needed to improve my performance. Um, then once I got in the fire service, I gained some weight. So my second one was the uh, Fat Loss Program. And then, um, you know, I, I lost a little bit of my fitness. So I went back to my Foundations Program. And then I started with uh, what I have now is Hero X, and then I, I have a 40-day challenge program, and um, I have a super strong program where I, I felt like I, I lost a little bit of strength. So all these different things I've needed throughout my career, and now I'm almost 50, and a lot of the program is body weight, mobility, and then um, integrate in some strength, but there's a lot more recovery in that because it's harder to, uh, it's, it's harder to recover when you're older, man. You mentioned a little bit about, um, I don't think you used the word functional or functional fitness, but can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's kind of a, um, something that I think is getting more traction in the fire service. Yeah, big time. And, and really function, that's, that's been the root of, 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 uh, you know, my own training and, and basically what it means is to look at 
what do you do every single day and how can you, how can you improve what you do every single day? And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, mumble up this definition, but Mayo Clinic, I think, uh, defines functional training as training to improve your daily, uh, movements, uh, or what you do on a daily basis from, from a movement standpoint. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, the fire ground. If you break down, you know, we drag hoses, uh, we, we, we go up ladders, we carry things, we crawl a lot. Uh, you'll do some sledging movements to do forcible entry. Um, a lot of that, even, even pulling patients and lifting patients, uh, on unequal surfaces, a lot of times carrying things with one arm, um, stepping up. So you need, you know, mobility, being able to reach behind you actually to just even get your SCBA. So you look at how can I improve those movements and, and can I create fitness programming and integrating exercises that do that? Um, and I always go back to the bench press and whenever I do presentations, I'll ask, I'll say, you know, how many people bench press? And, and, and it just, it's, it's to ask a, a question to get people to think about it, right? Like a bench press is you're in a fixed position. You got a bar over your chest and you're pushing it straight. And I always like to say, look, I've read a lot of line of duty deaths, NIOSH reports, and not one of them could have ever been avoided with a 600 pound bench press. Um, you know, if you're bent, if you're pushing things off of you, you've got a lot of problems on the fire ground to think about. So, and I'm not telling people don't bench, but if we want to look more functionally, um, you know, make sure that you're, you're possibly integrating in dumbbells or like my favorite exercises, you hold a dumbbell and then you press one and because that works mm. more of your, your transverse plane, which is what we do with hose line advancement. So, you know, to answer your question, functional training just basically looks at let's, let's look at what movements and exercises we can do to help us improve, you know, on the fire scene, on the rescue scene. Um, you know, for some who have lost mobility, functional training is just being able, you know, to do a step up into the rig efficiently without having to drag themselves up. Um, and so all that together is kind of, uh, you know, the, the answer to your question. Um, and I think it's more of a, a mindset than it is anything else. It's just approaching your fitness differently. Yeah. Kind of in a tactical way, we get good at what we repeatedly do. And exactly. if you want to yeah, be exactly right, if you want to, if you want to get good at that skill, you can't just show up and, and do it. You've got to be putting in the time. So getting ready and building that resiliency in the gym, the more you can uh, mimic the action that you're going to be doing in the field, that just makes a lot of sense. Yep. And then actually doing that as part of your workouts, you know, like I, I, yeah. I highly recommend people, you know, have, you know, do drags, you know, drag some heavy stuff around, uh, do some sledges, integrate that into your actual workout program, you know, uh, and, and, you know, always look at it big picture too. The other part of, I think, functional training, um, is to, to take a, a, a kind of a, a higher approach to what you're doing. And this is really important for us as first responders, because if you don't have a program or a plan in place, a, how can you monitor your progress? And B, your, what happens is we, we resort back to what we used to do. A and and B we or we resort back to doing nothing, and and I always uh, I really emphasize look as as a first responder you got to look at 
each week, each month, you know, what am I, what am I trying to accomplish with my fitness this month? And then look at your schedule and go, this is when I can, or this is when I should incorporate my workouts based off of shift, based off of demand. Uh, you know, cause if you go into a 24 hour shift and you get two hours of sleep, the, the, the last thing you need to do is go to the gym and try to lift really, really heavy. Um, you know, and I, and I see that a lot. Um, so you need to, to look at, all right, this isn't the best day to do this workout. I could do this. I could get a good night's sleep, work mobility, do, do what we call like some, I'm not going to say yoga, but I'm going to say yoga or something that helps to, uh, work recovery and mobility. And then the next day do strength. And I think that's all part of functional training. It's, you know, looking at, uh, the big picture, figuring out how we can integrate in those movements uh, to make us more resilient to the fire ground and the rescue scene. So in that answer, you did mention briefly nutrition. I'd like to touch on that with you. I'm sure that you, uh, as part of your work in fitness industry, you deal with nutrition quite a bit. And I'm curious um, what kind of advice you give firefighters who are wanting to eat well to address that portion of their fitness, but with so much conflicting and confusing nutrition information, you know, the, the, the diet of the month and <laughs> next month's diet is going to contradict this month's diet, you know, that, that can be confusing and overwhelming for somebody who's trying to figure out how to eat well. How do you, how do you approach the topic of nutrition? Yeah, it's confusing for us, even in the industry, you know, sometimes it can be, um, I think the big, I was, my joke is shut your mouth and move your feet, you know, keep try try to move more than you eat. I think that's the basics of, of, uh, you know, nutrition and calories. Um, but it is, you're, you're right. There's so much out there and in firehouses, of course, are, are well known for, you know, there's always that person that's following the, this particular diet of the month or diet of the week or whatever it is. And, you know, uh, there's always, you know, I joke a lot. I, I cook a lot for my crew or I used to, uh, when I was, you know, uh, in the firefighter rank, um, now that I'm moving up, I, I don't get as, the opportunity as much, but it's, it's always, you know, so-and-so is vegan and so-and-so else is keto. And, you know, how do you accommodate for all those different eating styles? Um, but you know, nutrition, here's, here's something that that's always fascinating, right? And I always ask this question and, you know, what's one thing that all every diet has in common? Um, and I'll, I'll answer it because it's it's that every diet, I'll, the first thing it, it, it forces you to do is think about what you're eating, right? So if you're keto, you're like, oh wait, is this on my diet plan? And you either make the decision or you don't. And, and I, I think the one of the best pieces of, of nutrition advice I can give people is. Do you understand what you're eating, number one? And then you kind of ask yourself why. Um, a lot of times in the firehouse, there's always donuts. There's, you know, there's some really sugary foods in there. And a lot of times we'll eat it because it's there. And uh, I used to do, uh, I, I'll, I'll take and I'll, I won't throw that stuff away, but I'll put it in the cabinet and I'll throw celery and sometimes some, some vegetables out there, bananas or whatever. And, um, and a lot of times people will go and they'll, they'll look at the salary like, wow, Zamzel's working. Again, we got stupid salary here, but they'll <laughs> grab it. They'll dip it in some peanut butter and walk away, you know, because um, we're also inherently lazy. 
right? You've got to go to the cabinet and reach up and get the donut. It's not as much fun. Um, you know, so, you know, going back to your question about nutrition, um, there are a lot of diet plans. One of the common things is that why these diet plans work from time to time is because it, it gets us to think about what we're eating, um, number one. And then number two, it causes us to, to understand what ingredients there are in there. And then, you know, as far as advice is, um, you know, and, and all the good diets, whether it's Mediterranean, even, um, you know, paleo, whatever it might be, they all talk about eat your fruits and vegetables, stay hydrated, limit your sugar. Um, my, my take on it is that if you, if you're to start anything with you, with trying to improve your nutrition, hydrate, try to get at least half your body weight of, in ounces of water. So, you know, I weigh 170 pounds, so I want to try to get, you know, at least, you know, 85, 90 ounces a, a, a day. And it may sound like a lot, but actually it's, it's pretty easy if you carry a water bottle with, with, and I know you have one there too. Um, and then the second thing is limit your added sugars and what that'll have, uh, you know, one of the best ways to do that is start reading sh- uh, labels. There's added sugar in almost everything. There's added sugar in ketchups and salad dressings and milk. I mean, everything. And, um, you know, a rule of thumb is to try to stay below 35 or 40 grams a day. And if you just follow that, typically you won't eat as as much food uh, and you won't be craving as much because you don't have that sugar high, uh, uh, you know, or that sugar that's causing your blood sugar to an insulin response to get all off. So, you know, water, limit your sugar. And then mom was always right. Eat fruits and vegetables. Because you can fill up on fruits and vegetables. A lot of them are water, and they have a lot of vitamins that you need, um, you know, to sustain energy throughout the day. And, and that would be my basic three things. You know, from there, then you know, we get a lot of questions about what about protein, and and um, you know, and there you could try to stick to about a gram per pound, but just stick to like real foods too. And that's typically my fourth one. You know, there's yeah. so many processes processed foods out there. Uh, if you just start to read labels and it's got more than five ingredients, you know, try not to eat it, you know, or if it's got like six or so and you can read them all, you know what they are. That's okay too. You know? Yeah. You're what you're saying is, is right up my alley. I uh, think it's really sensible, but it reminds me of a book uh, by Michael Pollan. Um, forgetting the title now, but he, he sums up the book on like the first page of the book. He tells you right away, or maybe it's even the introduction. He gives you three rules. The whole book can be summarized into eat food, mostly plants, and not too much, you know? And then he goes through, and of course, the rest of the book is giving you some tactics about how to, how to live to those principles, you know? But as you mentioned, sugar's in everything. And his second, or his first rule, eat food. If you don't recognize the ingredient, if your grandmother wouldn't know what it was or what to yeah. do with it, don't eat it, <laughs> yep. you know, and staying, staying outside of the middle of the grocery store, stay, the food is located on the perimeter. Everything inside has been processed, full of sugar. So I, I like, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's those, those general principles can take you a long way. They really can, especially when you're confused and, you know, Hey, I don't know what I should be eating. And, and, you know, I, I just had a conversation with a, with a firefighter there. They were been tracking their food and, you know, they're like, I'm not losing any weight. And, and, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. And, and, and so we, we backed up a little bit. We just said, okay, 
you know, are you getting fruits and vegetables? Yeah. What's your added sugar? You know, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. It was, and, and then are you drinking enough water? Well, no, I could be drinking a little bit more water. Okay. Just add more water. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, and then the last part of that is, you know, when we, when we try to make these dietary changes, sometimes we, we try to assimilate them to a weight change or a body change, right? Like, Hey, I want to lose more fat or I want to look a little bit better. What we also need to start asking ourselves is how do I feel? How am I performing? How am I thinking? How am I sleeping? And you tend to, the, the tendency is when you get older, uh, you, it's easier to do that, right? Cause you, you, you know, when you don't get enough sleep when, when you're older, uh, and you can start to feel the difference. But I think a lot of times you just have to, it, we, you know, we, and I think in the, in the, as first responders, we really need to do this. We need to re- associate how much sleep we get with how we feel and how we act and how we perform. And the same thing with our nutrition. Um, I think s- the fitness side has been emphasized for the last couple of years. And I think we did a great job of saying you need to be in shape. And I, I think most, most fire first responders, firefighters, EMTs, medics would agree with that. And, and so, Hey, if I'm in good shape, I know I'll perform better, but we also need to to take a step back and go, Hey, if you're getting enough sleep, you're going to perform better and you're going to think better. And you're going to, you're going to be able to withstand the stresses of the job, the stresses of being a parent, the stresses of being, uh, you know, a coworker a lot better. And the same thing with our nutrition. Um, you know, and, and sometimes we don't make that, that, that assimilation. And, um, and I think that's really what, what we need to start putting and placing an emphasis on as a fire service is saying, all right, this is a big picture thing here. Um, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, we can, we can pull a hose line to a fire, but we don't get adequate water pressure. We don't get all the kinks out. Um, you know, and, uh, we don't get a water source behind it. We're not going to, we're not going to be effective. So the fitness gets the hose line there. The nutrition gets the water there. And then the sleep keeps us there and puts it on the right spot. And I think that's the mm, best like way that. to look at it. Yeah. Um, I hope you wrote that down. Cause that's like the first time it kind of came to me. That's pretty good. I think. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we're recording this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. But, but I hope the listeners out there are like, Hey, that actually makes sense. You know? Um, and it's one, and I'll be honest, you know, when I first started my career, I, I used to think about sleep and go, I know I'm not going to get any sleep, but I'm young and I could try to make up for it. And, um, and I was big on just talking about functional fitness, functional fitness. And now, you know, I look back and I, I think, well, I might've missed the boat on it, you know, and I think the rest of the fire service did. And, and, um, because I think there's a lot of us who know we need to work out. We know we need to eat better, but we're so darn tired that it's really, really difficult to do because we're looking for that simple high. We're looking for that simple energy, which is sugar. So we grab that. We're not eating eating very well. And I barely got enough energy then to get me through my day, let alone get on a treadmill or, you know, do some strength training. And, um, and and I I think this is part of the, the whole health, um, challenge and wellness challenge for, for, you know, not only police and fire and first responding probably the country, but we, we need to, to place more emphasis on, you know, the, those other components, the, the sleep component, the nutrition component, because it's, it plays so much into that fitness. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I like I said, I think I missed the boat on that a little bit. And I think, you know, I, I knew it in the back of my head, but, um, 
I also knew like, hey, shifts aren't going to change. But there's a lot more to sleep than just, you know, the shift. There's uh, there's a sleeping is a skill. There's a hygiene to it. There's um, processes that 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 we should be taking to help us become more efficient with our sleep, just like our fitness and our nutrition. Yeah, I I wanted to talk about uh, any issues in the fire service that you feel might be controversial. And I wonder if sleep is is controversial. I, I know early in my career, I had a, a captain who told us that you don't get paid to sleep, right? The idea was that sleep isn't important or you're here for 24 hours and um, sleep is secondary. Of course, it's secondary to run emergency calls, but where does sleep fit in to being prepared to run emergency calls? And I think especially of of uh, companies that are running 48 hour shifts, you know, if you really get hammered in that 20 first 24 hours and you don't get paid to sleep and you got a boss who's going to not take that into account on that second 24, you know, I think that, I think that that, I don't know if it's improving. Do you, do you think that sleep's controversial in the fire service today or are we getting better at it? Yeah, I think, I think it's very controversial and I think it's a great question. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I believe that the four shift is probably one of the better options. It's not, it's not going to be the best. The best is to not do shift work at all, but I, you know, that's not going to ever happen. <laughs> um, you know, we do uh, with my fire department, we do like, like a, it's called a modified California. It's got a furlough. So like you do one on one off, one on one off, one on four uh, off. And then you'd start that again. And then you get a furlough in there. And you know, I've seen this firsthand. Uh, you get someone. So let's say you work on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You, you work that Monday shift and you get a little sleep. You can't recover on Tuesday. You're back Wednesday. You get hammered again um, with calls. Boy, Thursday, you're a zombie and Friday, you're a zombie. And that's not good for your family life because daddy isn't all there or mom isn't all there, um, you know, physically, emotionally. And patience isn't there. And then you go back to work on that Friday. Um, and yeah, like, you know, as an officer, you got to look at that and go, the best thing for this person right now is you just go and you, you do some, some downtime and you take care of yourself. And so that's really difficult. That's difficult as an officer, because we should be training, we should be doing, you know, um, you know, some community service work, we should be doing inspections, we do all these different things, uh, along with, you know, responding to our calls. And so that's tough. Number one. And, and number two, looking at, like, I, I, I was talking to uh, a, a couple of chiefs, um, you know, through, through uh, my, my podcast on better every shift. And we were talking about, all right, four shift. Wow. I can't, it's, it's tough to afford that. I need it. I need more people to be able to get the four shifts or, you know, in my fire department's case, we may have the people, but our people are resistant to change. You know, I could tell them, look, sleep will help you as a parent, as a first responder, as, as a firefighter, help you feel better, perform better and think better. You'll have more patience as a parent. Uh, you'll have, uh, you know, you'll be a, a better spouse, um, because you you'll be able longer. to, uh, what's that? You might live longer too. Yeah. And you'll live longer. That's the other part of it too. Right. Um, but all, you know, even the diseases aside, the cancer, you, you, you lower your, your chances of cancer, um, stroke, sudden cardiac arrest, diabetes, obesity. Um, I mean, those are the other things that, 
that, um, you know, consistent sleep will help uh, with, um, you know, combat all those things, you know, uh, but I was saying, look, if you work, let's say a Monday, you get off three days, you, you need, and research has shown 48, 72 hours, you can recover. So by the time you hit your next shift, you're ready to go. Um, the thing we need to think about in the fire service is, look, if I'm not at my optimum, I'm more likely to get in car accidents. I'm more likely to make bad decisions if I'm an EMT or paramedic. Oh, administering a wrong dose of a, of a, a medication or a drug. Uh, poor decision making, you know, from an officer standpoint, uh, you, you don't have patience to be able to to have good interpersonal skills. And, you know, one tr- one car accident could cost the department millions and millions of dollars. Now, if that person that 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 drove that is is a little sleep deprived from previous shift right there, that just pays for your fourth shift. Um, now my discussion with another, uh, was a chief and a couple other firefighters that I was talking about is I said, you're going to be better in all these things. And they said, yeah, I know, but I like having my four of my six days off. And I'm all like, right. well, you know that. And I said, you know, that doesn't make sense. They're like, yeah, I know. And I think that's the biggest issue is, um, you know, we're so reluctant for that change. And, uh, and that's a fire service. I think that is the real issue right there is that. Research can show us all this. People can tell us you're going to love it. And then we still don't want to do it. You know, um, you personally, I'm, I, I, I do a hybrid schedule. So I'm in training a couple days a week. And then I, I'm in the firehouses one day a week, which means I'm sleeping now consistently six days a week. It's been six months now. And I tell you, there is a night and day difference in, in my own, um, productivity, the way I think, um, and, and just, just in, in general, um, you know, my fitness level is, is, is actually improved. Um, and, and, and it usually takes about four to six, I think months to kind of, you know, kind of counteract that, that bad sleep. So, you know, I think it's a huge issue. And I, and again, we're reluctant for change, even though all the data and everything's pointing to doing that. We like our shifts. Um, like I said, I, I think the solution is let's keep our shifts, but let's give ourselves a, enough time in between them to recover. And, and you know, and I've, I've heard of a couple departments. Um, if you are one of those departments, you can reach out to me. I'd love to hear your story if you're doing a four shift, uh, because I believe it's uh, one of the better options for us. And, and the ones that I've heard, they love it. You know, of course, there's rumblings and grumblings the first couple of months, but then all of a sudden, six months into it, when people are starting to feel the effects, the better effects of sleep and recovery, they said they would never go back. So, um, in, in my experience, the 24 hour shift, and we were working modified Detroit, which I think is the lowest when they rank all the different shift schedules, it's the worst for you. But when you're younger, you tolerate it better, right? You can, you have more resiliency, you can bounce back from that. But as you get older, I think that you, you, you lose track or you don't realize how much you're affected by the sleep and, or the lack of sleep or that, that crazy schedule. And, uh, when I was in the training division, we would bring guys to days occasionally for light duty or for project work. You know, there was never a person that at some point didn't stand in front of my desk and say, I can't believe how good I feel when I'm sleeping. Cause they're on days, right. And they're working days for sometimes several months and to them, to a person, they they recognized how 
wow, I didn't know I was sleep deprived until I started to sleep yeah. regularly like a normal human. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, and that brings up a really good point. What happens is our, our optimization level, our hundred percent gets lower ever like over the course of years, we're, we're lowering where that higher level that we can obtain is. And so all of a sudden our new norm is way down here and that new norm may be 20 pounds heavier, uh, you know, pre-diabetic heart disease, uh, you know, pre-cancerous in some cases. So all of a sudden that's, this is where we are, where we, we could be operating up here with just a little bit better sleep with some tweaks. And, and that's the thing, like when you're younger, it's, it's easier to get back up there. Um, when you're older, like I said, I, 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 the last five or 10 years from 40 to 50, you could really start to feel, you know, the difference. And you ask the loved ones, right? You ask people that around you, you know, they know right away. And we, we like to say, oh, no, it doesn't affect me. Oh, BS. It does. You know, you know, my parents, my girlfriend, you know, even my dog, I think, knows that I'm, <laughs> when I haven't had a good shift, you know. Uh, but we do, we kid ourselves. Uh, we kid ourselves about the sleep. We kid ourselves about what we see, the PTSD. Um, you know, and I think we also kid ourselves about fitness sometimes because a lot of us are very, uh, you know, in the fight and I'm, I, you know, we're, 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 we're athletic people. A lot of times, um, you know, some of us aren't gifted athletic, like I'm not very gifted athletic, but I like to be athletic. Uh, but we think that we're athletes and I was uh, presenting to a, a big group in Memphis and a lot of them were former division one football players. And we talked about, you know, BMI and they're like, ah, BMI is bull crap. Cause I, I have a lot of muscle and muscle weighs more fat. So I'm considered obese. And I'm like, okay. Uh, are you though? Right? Like, you know, okay. If you did your body composition and your body composition said you are 25 to, you know, 26%, is that off too? You know? And <laughs> And I was like, I better watch myself. This is, these guys are very, very like large. And I don't want to, you know, but some <laughs> gentleman stood up and he's like, Hey, I'm a former pro athlete. Uh, you know, I used to be very active, been in the fire service now 20 years. I've gained about 45 pounds. And I said, and he's like, you're exactly right. And I went, thank God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what was that right on? He said, when I look at, at myself, I still think I can physically do what I could do 45 pounds ago, just as good. And in the fire service, right, if we have a fire to put out, we're going to get that done. We're going to do it. Every firefighter that I know is not going to fail until that, that job is done. But the second part of that is what toll does that have on your body now that, that you're maybe are 40 pounds heavier or you're you're, you're not eating very well. And that's really where the effect comes in. Um, cause then that puts you in more jeopardy for the next call, right. Or that, that puts you in, in, in an injury state. Uh, and there's a lot of firefighters that have bad shoulders, knees, and back. And, you know, that actually can be related to sleep. That can be related to nutrition. That can be related to all those things. Uh, so, you know, we keep t uh, coming back to like sleep and nutrition, but you know, obviously functional fitness is the, is a, is part of that, that, that whole conversation. Um, but, but I, I just, I, I don't think we assimilate all these things because we, we like to, um, you know, we like to be selective as to what affects us in the fire service, you know? Um, 
And I, and the reason I say this, cause I'm, it's me just as guilty. As I said before, I didn't think I was that affected by sleep. I'm wrong. You know, yeah. um, there's some human nature at work here. It's, it's a, it's natural. It takes, it takes a, a conscientious effort to be honest with yourself and really take a look at yourself. What's going, yeah. Evaluate what's your, going evaluate on? Evaluate your fitness on all levels. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Right. Like, um, it really, it's tough, man. It is, it's super difficult. Look for somebody who talks about fitness and I have for, you know, long, long time outside, even before I got in the fire service, I always love it when people are like, well, it's easy for you. You, you do this stuff all the time. No, it's not. I hate burpees. I don't like running. <laughs> I love tequila. I love ice cream and I'll crush it every once in a while. But I know the next day I got to get back at, at my, my mobility exercise. I got to get back on my program. I have to eat, you know, less sugar. I have to eat my vegetables. I got to drink my water because I feel better and I perform better. But I also took an oath and I owe it to my crew and to the community I serve to not let myself get, you know, out of, of, of shape. And, um, and it's tough. Uh, it, 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 it's not easy, I think for anybody. Um, and I think once you could throw that aside and go, all right, you know, if I'm having a bad day and I don't want to work out, that's all right. You know, but you still got to go do something about it. Right. That's the, that's the thing. I was just listening to Jocko and uh, they asked him like, Hey, how do you approach your day? And he's like, I don't know. I don't think about what I, Oh, this is what I got planned. Or this is what I, he's like, I just go out and I do it. I know I need to work out. I know I need to, you know, do a little meditation, a little gratitude. I know I need to eat right. And I know I need to, you know, treat people with respect and, and, and try to connect. And he's like, that's, I just, so I just go out and do that. And I, and I, I kind of love that philosophy because if you stop and think about, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. You get overwhelmed. Number one, overthink things, number two, and then you don't act. And I think fitness and nutrition and sleep, right. We, we mentioned it earlier with nutrition is we, Oh, maybe I should eat this. Maybe I should eat that. No, just stick to your basics and just do that well. And then maybe you can add those things. Same thing with fitness. Stick to the basics. Basic Rule number one, move. You know, move often. And then think about different things that you should be incorporating in. Um, but I think it's also human nature. We have a, we have a tendency to, to complicate things. You're talking about motivation. And I think motivation is related to what you're talking about. And I'm curious what your thoughts are about maintaining motivation in, in all the seasons of a fire service career from the beginning when you're young and excited to, to, to get started, but then the grind over the years and decades and then retirement. There's a lot of, um, we've talked about cancer here and the epidemic of cancer in the fire service and the role of fitness, but how does, what are your thoughts about maintaining motivation in every one of those seasons? How do you, how do you uh, approach that with your clients? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a really, that's, I wish I had a pill, right? I wish I had a motivation pill, first of all. Um, and a lot of times it comes from, you know, people say motivation needs to come from within. I, I kind of agree with that. I kind of don't. Um, and here's why there is motivation all around you. There are people that are motivating all around you. Um, you have to open your eyes to that. 
just as much as you have to open your eyes to be real with where you are with your current level of fitness and what you need to work on. Um, once you take the blinders off of your life, um, and really, you know, dig into, to, to look into the mirror and looking around, it's actually fairly easy. Um, you know, every time I walk in that firehouse, when you look at someone and say, Hey, what's going on? You, you, you joke and yoke in the morning. If you look at it and go, I don't want to let this person's family down. I want to, I don't want to let this person down today. So that to me is, okay, I got to do something to make sure I'm, I'm ready. I got to do something to make sure that I I'm, I'm fit. And then when you go home, when you got to that, some, that person or that child or that dog, whatever it is, same thing applies, right? Like this person's counting on me. And if I work out and if I eat right, and if I do the things I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be the best person to help them. You know, I'm going to be my my best self. Um, And I know that's a really like kind of generic answer, but um, I encourage people to just take a moment and, and just look in the mirror and look around them. Uh, we have uh, an individual on our department last night. We had a, we had a call a night and about 10 o'clock we're sitting around and um, you know, we've had, we had someone who she's battling cancer and she is, she's determined to get back on the job. And she's, I think this is the third time. And, uh, and we just, we sat around, we're like, what, a, what an unbelievably motivating person, you know, they're going through this and they're all they could talk about is getting back to the job. And we kind of looked at each other and went, you know what? We had a great day. We're, we're going to, we're going to hit it tomorrow. Right? Like we all, it, it's just that something, someone like that motivates you or at least motivates me. Um, again, looking at your crew, trying not to let them, let them down, um, you know, your significant others. And, and then this is where the sleep I think comes back in. So I know people look and they do that and they say, oh, God, I know I need to work out. I just don't have the energy. Well, then maybe your basics or your start point is focus on sleep, focus on getting your, some energy enough to be able to work out. And, and there's two ways you can get it. One is sleep. Two is, is better nutrition. So, you know, maybe you need to back up um, on that and that's going to get you the motivation to work out. And, and that's where I think, you know, the, a lot of the confusion is I think the motivation is there. It's just, there are so many things coming down on us that it's just really hard to get the energy. So. Let's look at like, okay, I, I can't work out um, or I don't have time to work out or I don't have the energy to work out. Okay, so let's take that step back. Why don't you have the energy? Well, I, just, I work, you know, 22 hours or whatever it, it might be, you know, or I work 12 hours and I got to go get Billy to the store and I got to do this and I got to do that. Okay, so how can you get a little more sleep? How can you get a little bit more energy in your, you know, in your life? Do you have four minutes? You can do burpees and push-ups and some squats. Everybody's got four minutes. Got to, you know. Uh, Billy is going to be late for baseball. Get out and just walk the car. Do some some type of movement, you know. So focus on sleeping. Focus on eating your vegetables and not enough sugar. And then just move a little bit more throughout the day. Everybody's got fitness trackers right now. So, you know, 8,500 steps. If you can get that every single day, move to 10,000 steps. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I, I do have more time so I can do 20 push-ups, I can do 20 squats. And it's, it's, it's things like that, that really start this, this huge movement. I had uh, someone email me about fasting 
and uh, they were on a trip where they didn't have access to food or good food. And uh, they started to do a 12 hour fast. And they, they said, Hey, actually I just focused on drinking water and I fasted for 12 hours every single day. Um, you know, and then they would feed the other 12 and then that turned to a 16, eight and they're down like 20 pounds. And they, they said, well, it was just like, you know, I did a week of just 12 hour fasting and drinking a lot of water. And then all of a sudden it turned to a 16 hour fast. And now I do an eight hour feed. And then I started to do 8,000 steps a day. And now they're like, and then all of a sudden I, I have great energy and now it's 10,000 steps a day. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and now I'm, I'm going back to FRF where they're starting to do my, my fitness programming. And that's really how the motivation can continually kick in. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's what's going to get you to take that first step. And if you need some look around, it's there, there's motivating people every single place you go. And if you can't find them, and you're on TikTok or on Instagram or Instacrap, whatever, whatever that you're on social media wise, Google something that will motivate you. Put something on there that inspires you and then go take it up. some action every single day, whether that's yeah. two steps, you know, uh, it's, I really, it's really, I like that. Yeah. I like what you're saying about the basics and then some is better than none. And the more you move, the more you do, you build little successes the more likely you are to see that grow. And then that gives you something to build on. And then you have a virtuous cycle, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Was it Um, Einstein said objects in motion have a tendency to stay in motion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's simple physics. (laughs) Uh, We talked about sleep. Are there any other topics in the fire service that uh, related to fitness that, that you feel are controversial right now? Well, I think, you know, there's like CrossFit is, has always been this, um, you know, CrossFit is, is always been this kind of like, Hey, we don't want CrossFit done in the, in the, uh, in our, 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 our departments or our station. We don't want people doing CrossFit or we don't want them doing certain lifts or we don't want them to do, you know, lifting really heavy or, um, you know, you even said, we don't want our firefighters working out on duty because we don't pay them to work out just like we don't pay them to sleep. Um, so I think you're always going to have, you know, that as a, uh, a challenge. Um, but I think, you know, the one thing people need to remember with CrossFit is, um, the CrossFit is this wide definition now, you know, originally started as, CrossFit was this one workout that came from the one source. Everybody followed that one workout. And now it's, it's branched off into be so much more. And in some cases, like you can go to one CrossFit box and they're all about, you know, getting stronger, bigger, and just they hammer you every single time. And that could get you hurt as a first responder. Cause you can go in without rest. There's other ones. Now I, I have a lot of, of, of members or, or, or people that I, I work with that go to CrossFit gyms and their, their coaches are, awesome. You know, it's all under the CrossFit name. So you really just have to be cautious on what, what kind of culture that they have at that particular facility. And so sometimes that's, you know, that's, that's one thing like, uh, that's written in some policies. Oh, we don't want you doing CrossFit. Well, what does that really mean? Right. Like, um, so that's kind of controversial, but I, what I really believe, um, and in some cases is, is also controversial is, um, mandatory assessments. And, um, 
I think it needs to happen. I think every single firefighter needs to get their annual medical. It should be paid for by departments. Um, and you know, where, where the, where the difficulty lies is, okay, so let's say someone finds something. What, why is it the department's issue? You know, why does, why does the department need to know about it? And I think there, the process should be like this. It should be, look, Rob, you and I go, we get our annual medical. The doctor says, I found something that could be cancerous, or I found something that could be a heart murmur or, or whatever it is. Don't know what it is. You need to follow up on it. And departments need to give their members a couple, you know, two weeks or three weeks, whatever that might be, to get that looked at. You know, what happens sometimes is, is and this is where I think people get really, really um, protective is all of a sudden a doctor. Now I didn't have any relationship with this doctor. This is just one that the department gave me. They don't know who I am. Um, they don't know that I have like a bundle branch block typically, or some hereditary issue. So they just say unfit for duty. And now I'm taken off, off schedule until I can get this looked at. I think there has to be a, an agreeable process in place in order for, for the annual medicals to, um, to be beneficial on both sides. But let's say I, I, the, the doctor is one that's hired through the uh, fire department. They find something that they think could be a concern. I go, then I have a couple of days, weeks, whatever that might be to go back to my regular doctor and either get it cleared or looked after. And then they can pull me from the line or I go back based on what they find. Either way, that needs to happen every single year. I think every firefighter, every EMT, every medic needs to, to, to not only see their doctor when they're healthy, uh, but this is this is becoming baseline data then for them. You know, if you start your career at 23, 24, 25, you're like, I'm, I'm really, really healthy. Well, you might find at age 29, your blood pressure is way too high. And it could be because you, didn't, you haven't been sleeping very well the last four years or you haven't been eating very well the last four years. We can start to see those trends. And then I think when they're in your face every single year, it's a lot easier to make changes. Um, so I believe annual medicals need to happen, need to be mandatory. And the system in which that they're integrated within the departments need to be agreed upon by you know unions and by admin. It's got to be something that works out for both. Um, and then um, along with that, I also believe that every year there needs to be some type of uh, job um like a, a a performance assessment that's that's applicable to what we do um nothing too extreme but i do believe that there needs to be something that we need to be held um to a standard you know some type because there's there's the cpat to get firefighters involved and and you have to pass in order to get hired but then a lot of jurisdictions don't have anything past that and, and I'm not trying to get people fired. I just want a, a little bit of accountability. Um, and, and, you know, and I've actually, I, and I have one designed. Um, so if anybody's out there and is like, Hey, what, what, what have you seen? I have one. Um, you know, my, my pipe dream is to say, all right, everyone gets an annual medical, you know, so, so for instance, in January, everyone gets their annual medical. And then in April, you do what's called a minimum performance assessment. And you do them for both engine operations and ladder operations. So the engine operation might be, you know, you have to uh, climb 20, 25 steps on air with uh, a bundle, you know, hose bundle over. And then, you know, you got to be able to walk down the hallway 
and advance a hose line. Then you can go off air, you can do, you know, or a, a search, um, and then put up a 24 foot extension ladder, tag a hydrant, simple tasks that shouldn't take you that Mm -hmm. long, but at least you need to be held accountable for them. Uh, Stuff that that reflects the job. Stuff that reflects the job. Exactly. And then, you know, ladder ops, you know, whatever is on your, your trucks, whatever you're responsible for, for, you know, the department that I work for, we, that's got the extrication gear on it. So, you know, we would also, you, you climb ladder, operate the extrication, the extrication gear, uh, you know, you'd have to pull, uh, you know, a dummy or drag a dummy, you know, just simple things that are job related. Now, where I think is, would be really, really cool is that I've kind of come up with a way where we can set them up to be timed. So you can actually measure them on a performance basis. And if you're doing annual medicals, MPAs, minimum performance assessment, and then a fitness assessment, say in December, just a basic, hey, can you still touch your toes? What's your body composition? How many push-ups? You know, now we can start to take data, right? All of a sudden, blood pressure was good. You know, uh, cholesterol was good. MPA score was this. And then fitness assessment was this. How cool would that be? Then all of a sudden, five years from now, you're like, well, your cholesterol is up. Your performance has suffered. Now your time is up and you just gained 10% body fat. So now we have the direct correlation behind those things. To me, I think that would help the fire service, firefighters in general, because you know, going back to our previous conversation about we, th- we know we can do the job, but we just don't realize how that extra 15 pounds affects the job because we could still get it done. But if it, if we have something, I think, you know, in your, in our faces that say you're two minutes slower than you were when you did this two years ago, it's like, Oh shoot. You know? Um, yeah. It's just, I think the more we can expose ourselves to understanding how all these things play into it, I think the, A, that's great motivation and B, we start to accumulate data so we can figure out the best practices. Yeah. Speaking of best practice, what about, we're kind of talking about fitness once you're, um, once you're on the job, but what about the training officer who's maybe running an internal academy and needs to, in the in the context of a very busy day with so many things going on, how do you work fitness into that? What, what, do you have recommendations or thoughts about how to, uh, or best practice for starting uh, new recruits off on the right foot by, number one, making time for it, but then teaching them uh, something that they can use and build on into the future? Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be part of every academy. Um, at least a couple days, if not every, you know, integrating a 30 or 40 minute fitness session twice a week and using that not only to keep them in shape, but as education for their career, you know, and a lot of times, uh, you know, the conversation goes to, well, we can't afford to add an extra day to the academy. Well, wait a minute. The, the, this is investing in your, your, the future of your organization and, by keeping them and teaching them how to functionally train for their job, you're saying you can't afford that. One of them goes down with a shoulder injury two years into it because they're not training properly. That just, that just pay, that just took that whole argument, you know, out the door. 
you know, that shoulder surgery could cost them $50,000. And I don't mean how many times, you know, how many um, overtimes to cover that. Um, so I think the first thing is that it's got to become a priority. And when it becomes that priority, it just needs to be integrated in to the training academies, meaning make time for it. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying sacrifice something for it, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe so. I always t- I talked about like the Denver drill, which is a great, um, you know, the Denver drill where, uh, you know, you're trying to firefighters were caught in a in a very unusual situation. We're trying to get uh, firefighters out, uh, a down firefighter out the window, and it's a really great kind of training scenario. And every single academy teaches that scenario. And I'm like, that's very important to do. But how many of you understand that staying hydrated can decrease your chances of sudden cardiac arrest uh, and stroke by 15 to 20 percent? How many of you know um, that you know you're more susceptible to cancer uh, if your your obesity or your your uh, you know your body fat gets above a certain point? You know how many people of you know uh, that eating more vegetables and fruits is going to help with your performance, right? And uh, and so I think it's got to come down to making that health wellness a priority, and that it, the data is there to support it now. So there's no reason for some someone to say, well, it, it's a money thing. No, you know, we all know that it's it's a priority thing and that uh, good academies and good fire departments are finding ways to do that. Even if it's, like I said, you get someone over and you train with your recruits for 30 minutes twice a week and you use that time not only to, to work them out, but then to educate them on to why you're doing what you're doing, how they can integrate that in, in the future. And, um, and then throw in other, other tidbits of information about nutrition, about sleep and uh, along the way, but that will pay back, uh, 50, hundredfold through the courses, uh, course of careers, you know, it's foundational. It, it, it really, it really is foundational. You know, you like to say it starts on the top, but I, I'm a firm believer that um, anybody can be the fitness example, you know, of your crew, uh, of your organization. I mean, sometimes it's really lonely when you're the only one in the workout room or you're the only one that's not eating ice cream. Um, but we also know it's the right thing to do because it's the, it's the thing that, uh, will greatly improve, you know, your, your health and greatly improve performance. And, um, and so sometimes it's lonely, but uh, eventually people start to follow. And, and an example of uh, is, is I got two. When I first started presenting at fire conferences, I was like the only I was the only one really talking about fitness um, and health and wellness. Maybe there was two or two or three. Uh, this last uh, conference I I just uh, was at, I, I, there must have been twenty to thirty different health and wellness presentations from cancer to you know. Um, you know, mental health to functional fitness to, to performance. I mean, it's, it's great. I think it's, it's really started to come on, you know? So, um, you know, I think we know we need to do it. Uh, you can be the example for your crew. You can be the example for your family. You can be the example for your organization. Um, it really helps when the top understands that and, and makes that commitment. 
Can you tell me a little bit about the Better Every Shift Challenge and what it is exactly? So I, I have a company called Fire Rescue Fitness. And basically what, what FRF is, is my workout programs that I've used over the years. Um, they're eight-week programs based off of goals. So if you want to improve performance, fat loss, uh, weight loss is one, build your foundation. Um, and then um, this last year, I've, I've been able to start up a podcast called the Better Every Shift Podcast. Um, and that's sponsored with through Fire, Fire Rescue One and LexPole. And, um, and so I, I do that. And so what I did was combine both of those messages, um, how to be better every single day with fitness and nutrition. Um, and uh, members have been joining. And, and what happens is you get access to three workout programs that will help you build a foundation, build more resilience and build better performance on the fire ground. And then um, uh, they also get a coin with this. And then at, at the end, and the challenge is still going on today. It goes on until uh, mid-October, uh, I believe. And then um, anyone who has participated in that can just send in what results that they had, how they've become better. And we vote and we, uh, we, we award prizes based off of that. And it's just a way to motivate uh, members of the fire service. I have some guys doing this with their significant others um, and some members doing it that way. And uh, that's been great because I, I, I just got an email today that, that someone, uh, they, their wife has been joining them and they, they love the programs and they want a different one because they just advanced on. And, uh, and, you know, the whole thing is, is really about trying to improve every single shift, every single day and, and being more fit and being more healthy really helps us do that. So uh, through those different avenues, it kind of brought them together and it's, it's been great. Have uh, uh, We did a little thing with some of the other fire service leaders and they, they improved their health and wellness and uh, all, all with the idea of just trying to motivate each other. Um, I have some crews that said, hey, you know, captain, join this. And uh, they paid for entrance uh, to, uh, to a couple members of their, their platoons and you know, it's not much, just $40. And then the, the proceeds uh, from that are benefiting uh, First Responder Center for Excellence, Science to the Stations, and uh, other fire um, firefighter health-related organizations. So it's just been a great kind of venture and, and way to give back to the fire service and motivate others. And is that something that if the, they go to the website that they can sign up now, it's ongoing sign up? Yep, yep. Just go to firerescuefitness.com. They can uh, go there. They'll see there's a little banner on top about how to join the Better Every Shift Challenge. And then, of course, if they have any questions, uh, firerescuefitness.com, if they go to contact me, that goes right to my email. Uh, my dog used to answer them. Just kidding. She doesn't. It's just me. So it takes a, it may take a day or two if I'm on shift. Um, but, um, you know, and that's really where the ZAM part came about. If I don't know if you want to hear that story. But, uh, you know, my goal is really to help motivate 100,000 first responders in my career. And if I have to answer 100,000 emails and, and questions, I, I love doing it. And, um, you know, once the podcast started and now I have the app and, and so every time I would answer an email, you know, I have to type my name out and I always misspell it because my, I'm not, so I'm just like, you know, how can I simplify this? So I just started signing my name. It's just like, you know, stay safe, get fit. Let me know if you have more questions, Zam. <laughs> and so that's how the whole names are kind of out of laziness, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, but again, if someone's listening to this and they'll either think I'm full of it or, uh, you know, I'm on something or onto something, you know, please reach out through fire rescue fitness uh, dot com and, and ask me any questions you have, or if you don't agree with me, 
I always love to have conversations. Um, you know, if you, if you want me to talk on your pod, someone else's podcast, I, I love talking about this stuff. It's really been a, a passion, uh, because I, I have to live it every day. And, um, you know, the more I talk about it, the more it keeps me motivated too. Well, I just have a final question for you, Aaron. And, uh, I'd like to close with, by asking you, what does personal success look like mm-hmm. to you? Uh, to me personally, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one uh, for me, like it goes back to, I'm just trying to help motivate as many people as I can in, in, you know, whether it's in the fire service or not. And, um, but you know, I came up with this, uh, trying to motivate a hundred thousand firefighters, EMTs and medics to improve their health and wellness, um, through the course of their career. And that's really, you know, one of my, my driving forces. And in order to do that, I need to be a good example. Um, and, and so that's what keeps me motivated. Uh, and, and I am, I am a very difficult person to, um, I shouldn't say be around, but I'm a very difficult person cause I'm very hard on myself. I have, I, I have some pretty high expectations. And, um, so, you know, when you ask that question, part of that answer is to be grateful for where I, where I, any progress that I've, I've made, you know, along the way. So, you know, I think there's no way that you can ever obtain perfection. I think the perfection is in the journey and how you respond to that journey. And if I was to transfer that to anyone else, uh, to, to the listeners, it's look, nothing is going to be perfect. You know, you, you may think, hey, once we get to this point, this will be great. And this will be great. No, it's, it's be grateful for the journey that you can go on. And so I think what I've learned over the years is if you could stop, take a break, a breath and look around and say, Hey, I'm very thankful for where I'm at. I want to go in this direction. And if I can get better every single day, more fit, a little more fit every single day, if I can help impact someone every single day, uh, you know, and some days you don't, right? Like life happens, you know, there's times where I'll, I'll go to bed and I'll go like, I feel like I didn't do crap today, but you wake up the next day and you work a little bit harder to, to make that progress. So, um, you know, to answer your question, it's, it's trying to impact people as positively as I can, uh, and stay on my own game and optimize my own health. You know, personally, I've been working on sleep myself. I'm trying to listen more than I, I talk, of course, that's tough to do in a podcast. So we're going to take this out of it. <laughs> yep. Set up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and just, uh, again, try to uh, be as a, an inspiring example, you know, being almost being 50, I'm excited to get to that spot just cause you know, I love it when people go, you're almost 50, you know, I think it's either cause I act like I'm eight or I look a little bit younger. I'm hoping it's cause I look a little bit younger, but, um, you know, and that, that still motivates me to, to just stay in shape and, and continually do this and opportunities like this. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. Cause I, you know, I, these things really are what keeps me motivated. You know, again, I like to crush my tequila. I crush my ice cream and I do every once in a while. Um, but then knowing that maybe someone, you know, when someone listens to this and they, they see me at a conference or, you know, they see me you know, at, at my uh, at my fire department or, or speaking somewhere, they're just like, hey, you know, I, I saw you. I, I, yep. You're looking all right. You, you've been haven't been crushing too much tequila, you know, so all that kind of together kind of uh, helps formulate where I want to go. 
Well, thank you for joining us today, Aaron. It's been a good conversation and, and, uh, um, you know, as a former training officer, um, you know, I asked you that question about different, uh, different, uh, seasons. And so I can really see in my life where a lot of these questions came from things that I, that I faced when I was on the job and, and I'm aware of where my, my motivations lagged over the, over the years, you know, uh, and it is hard. Like you said, it, it's a, it's a yeah. very grueling job. Um, and the fitness yeah. is just such an important piece of it because you got to be able to build that resiliency to make it through a whole career and to make it to a happy, healthy retirement. And then the, the training responsibilities for setting the good example, like you've talked about, you know, um, um, walking the talk and, and setting those recruits up early by getting, getting, uh, not only keeping them fit, but, but educating them in the process. So I think you talked about a lot of good stuff that I think is important for people to hear. And, and, uh, maybe we'll have you on again another time. We've got yeah, no, a lot I more I'm sure we can talk about. Hey, congrats on this, by the way. It's great to see. I, I mean, we, we kind of talked before you had the podcast and, and it's great to, to be here and be a guest and, you know, um, we kind of talk shop behind the scenes and, uh, and you know what, you brought up a great point. I don't even know if I answered the, that question about, you know, fitness through your career too. And, and I'll be honest, you know, like when you're younger and you're a new recruit, you, you're just thinking about, Hey, I want to be strong as I can. Um, and, and that's okay, but you also need to work on, you know, mobility, you know, what your, your, your core, uh, and, and just being functional, and think about how you perform. And then as you get older, it's just about movement, right? Like being able to move better because that helps you feel better and maintain that mobility. And, and, and if I think as if it's okay to change that goal as you get through, and we need to understand that that's all right. That's all part of this process and stay motivated, you know, uh, by doing some of those different things. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't have any urge to lift 300 pounds, you know, a bench press 300 pounds. I just want to be able to reach back behind me comfortably and, you know, be able to step up into the rig and, and, you know, and that's a, that's an okay goal. And, you know, for those listening, if that's what your goal is great, integrate in things every single day that you could do that better, you know, and then eventually that'll lead to the next goal and the next goal and, and just yeah. keep, keep working forward. You know, uh, Denzel Washington, I love this. Uh, he's got some great YouTube stuff. He said, whenever I fail, Whenever I fall, I'm going to fall forward because even though I fell, I'm still forward. And I think we have to remember that when you look at fitness, when you look at your nutrition, when you look at wellness, nothing's going to be perfect every single day. There's going to be days where you feel like you're not making any progress, but if it's just a little bit, you know, that's where we want to go. Pick yourself up and then get better every shift. Better every shift. You got it, brother. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. As we wrap up, we'd love to hear from you. If you found value in today's episode, please take 10 seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. It not only helps other fire instructors and training officers discover the show, but it also helps us to create better content for you. Simply scroll to the bottom in your favorite podcast app and hit rate and review. Your feedback means the world to us. Thank you for being a part of our community, and we'll catch you in the next episode.